Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ordinary people are seeing extraordinary things in our skies. But how has it changed those involved? From author Ryan Sprague, Somewhere in the Skies, a human approach to an alien phenomenon is a personal journey that also weaves together a story of stories, furiously pumping new blood into the heart of these mysteries, one experience at a time. Now available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. For more information, visit somewhereintheskies.com. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague. I grew up in the country where our light pollution was really low. Every night the sky was littered with stars. And from a young age, I began to study the constellations with my grandfather. And my father taught me the differences between airplanes at night versus satellites and shooting stars. There were a couple separate events that took place over the course of one summer. The first was a pulsating light the size of a star but much closer. It moved slowly from left to right, then back. It did this over the course of three days, or rather three nights. I watched it long enough, it almost began to feel like whatever I was watching knew I was watching. It was then on the third day that once it moved to its position on the right, it moves faster diagonally down to the left, then shoots off diagonally up to the right, It was so fast, when it disappeared, it was as if nothing was there. And this feeling was left over you that you just felt like you had no idea how to process. Like your eyes just had no idea what it just saw. Later on, in about the same airspace, another pulsating light traveled across the sky, about as fast as an airplane, only to shoot off at what seemed to be hyperspeed again, in a way where your eyes just had no time to process what it just saw. It was then, at the end of summer, and this was in 2004, that things ended up kind of crescendoing. I had a friend over and we were set up to stargaze. It was about the blue hour when the stars were just beginning to show in the sky and there was just a little bit of light left from the sun and the moon was out. And we were sitting where... We had a a big rock garden full of different kinds of rocks that were like agates and stuff. So it wasn't your normal gravel or stones. And so it made a very distinct sound when you walked on it. Kind of like a ting instead of a scrape or a crunch. 
And we began to hear these sounds that sounded like footsteps. And we both ended up looking behind one another and saw nothing. And our fear grew to the point where the fight or flight mode kicked in. And we ran as fast as we could back into the house. And then we, you know, ran straight into our room. And my room was on the very top floor. There was no way that anybody could get up to my room unless they had a ladder. And the yard was kind of at a slope. And so it wouldn't have been really safe to do so anyways. So, you know, there we were back in the house. We felt safe. We thought everything was fine. And we were sitting on the bed and I was facing my door. and My friend was facing my window. And all of a sudden, my friend, she just, she starts, she freaks out. And she throws herself on the bed. Her face is buried in the pillows. I can't get her to tell me what's wrong. And finally, when I was able to kind of have her sit up and tell me what was wrong, I saw that she was crying, which she really wasn't known to do. Um, And so she finally told me what was wrong. And all she could say was that she saw what looked like elongated fingers waving at her from outside my window. My name's Tom. I live in the UK. I'm a senior consultant at a planning and development company in the Midlands. So I've had an interest in UFOs since I was about 16. Uh, As a bit of background, myself and my best friend at the time, were uh, sitting on the top of my parents' roof during the summer um, in the little village that I grew up in in Surrey. Um, We were just larking around, really. Perfect sunny summer's day, not a cloud in the sky. And uh, my friend pointed up to something he had seen in the sky, and I had a look. And uh, it was essentially the classic silver disc floating through the sky probably about a mile away but uh, very large and just just very very strange looking um instantly knew it was something that we'd we had never seen before we couldn't work out what it was but uh yeah it was uh it was moving very strangely it was spinning um but moving very slowly through the sky and it had this sort of wobble to it which I've, since that time, I've seen videos of silver discs. When they move slowly, they they seem to sort of wobble. But yeah, so that, that got us interested, got me very interested, and um, I've been uh, sort of researching it ever since. Um, so yeah, that's how I got into it. But uh, basically, I'll, the story I want to tell you is basically one from October 2016. Um, I live in the Midlands now, but I grew up in that village I just told you about. And my parents and friends, a lot of my friends still live there. So I was, uh, I was going back at the weekend, like I sometimes do, to visit friends and family. Uh, I'd been out around my brother and his wife's house, who live about six miles away from my parents' house. Um, it's very, uh, it's very countrified place. It's all sort of woodlands and little villages and hills. It's very beautiful. 
So yeah, I'd been watching a movie around their house till quite late. It was I think it was about half twelve, and I started sort of thinking about going home. So said my goodbyes, started driving back the way I normally drive back down uh, a country sh- sort of road, which is very straight, which runs uh, through the Surrey Hills. Same thing I do. I've done countless times, hundreds of times in the past. And as I was turning the corner to go onto this straight, heading towards the direction of my parents' house, at the end of the straight, to one side, there's a field, and on the right-hand side, and then on the left-hand side, there's another field, uh, but with hills beyond that. Um, Essentially, at the end of the straight, I saw this orange pulsing light, very large and just sort of hanging there in the sky. It looked very odd instantly, and I I was perplexed. So driving quite fast down the straight, as I started approaching this light, I realised it was just hanging 20 metres above the ground in the field to my right, and it was pulsing. It was like this sort of burnt orange light pulsing, very very strange very strange um as i drove alongside it i could see that the light was attached to something big and black i couldn't see the outline of it i just knew there was something very large and black just hanging there in the sky um the pulsing orange light was just sort of mesmerizing uh, and it, it made it very hard to see what was beyond there but it was um, it was it was just very strange. So I started sort of getting a bit flustered, as you would, as my mind was racing, trying to think what it could be. Uh, nothing was really adding up. As I drove past it, uh, I slowed down, wound my windows down, and it, it made absolutely no noise whatsoever. But it was just sitting there in the sky, um, not far off the ground. Uh, with this pulsing orange light. So obviously this blew my my mind. I drove alongside it, like I said, I started driving past it. At that point, I was very aware that the thing had started moving. So it was kind of heading parallel with my car. So every time I was, I looked right, it was there. I drove to the end of the straight quickly as you can imagine starting to sort of get a bit panicky a heart rate starting to race because it felt like this thing was had been triggered by my passing it uh this at this point it was about quarter to one in the morning um no one around on the roads so i drove to the end of the straight i sped i know these roads like the back of my hand so i was i was going very fast um to try and shake this thing because it was starting to worry me. So I got to the end of the straight, I drove round the corner to the right. Uh, There's a few windy corners going up a little hill. But it was always there, it was always there on my right-hand side. It was moving over hedgerows, it was moving over trees, only a little way above treetop height. But it was always there. If, it was, if, it, if I couldn't see it directly parallel to my right, I would look in the mirror, my wing mirrors, and it would be there. And so I basically decided to take evasive action. Um, So I took a a very sharp left down this little lane 
uh, which goes past a, a special school for kids. And as I was driving towards this point, it was on my right over this school, this uh, public school golf course on the right-hand side. As I shot left, I thought, well, I, I've probably lost it. As soon as I look up the road, I notice it's above me now. Um, so I'm looking through basically the, the lane that I was driving down. I had trees either side um, with a sort of canopy closure over the lane, but with a tiny gap in the middle uh, where you could see through the limbs of the trees. And it was there. It was basically hovering above my car at this point. Uh, it was at this point I started to really gas it. I could sort of feel my pulse in my neck pounding. Uh, my heart was racing. I was starting to sort of really panic, actually. It was quite quite unsettling because it felt like this this thing was following me. It, it, and it, it, to all intents and purposes, that's, that's the impression I was getting from it. Being into this field, I've read countless stories about abduction and stuff like that. So uh, you can imagine what was going through my mind. I just wanted to get home. I mean, I always thought if I saw another one, I would want to stop and I would want to look at it and I'd want to take it all in. But at this point, I, I wanted to get out of there. Um, so I drove down the end of this road. There's a lot of, it's very windy and it was always there above me, but then it sort of, it fell back or it seemed to sort of drop back a bit as I got to this T-junction, which was the last um, junction before this uh, final road, which is a bit more well used towards the village that my parents live in. So the, the uh, western end of the village so I turned right down there. I couldn't see it anymore. I was like, wow, what an experience. <laughs> but that wasn't the end of it. Basically, I drove, as I was driving down this straight towards the T-junction back in the village, I could start to see the lights of the, um, the uh, streetlights. As I was probably about 100 metres away from the end of this little straight towards this T-junction, I suddenly became acutely aware that it was there was something to my right. I looked right and the, through the last few trees lining this side of the road, uh, I could see the pulsing orange light again, and it was it was coming <laughs> parallel with my car again over the over the housetops because there's a few uh, sp uh, sporadically sort of located houses along that side of the road as I'm starting to sort of enter civilization again. And um, yeah, I could see it through the trees, parallel with me again, very, very low, just above house top height, two-story house height. And it was going to cut me off. I, I knew it was going to cut me off at the junction at the end of the road. So all I could do was I, I sped up, I got to the T-junction, there's no one around, so I just stopped the car, turned it off, had my windows wound down and I just waited for the thing to come over and it did it flew directly across from my right hand shoulder across and over the road and hovered at a height of must have been about 30 meters above the trees on the opposite side of the road uh, where there's a block of flats a low-rise block of flats so it was in between these trees and these low-rise block of flats 
and it was just sitting there. But the weird thing was, as my mind was sort of boggling at this thing as it flew over and making absolutely no noise whatsoever, pulsing orange light was still there and it made it very hard to see what this thing that it was attached to was like. But my, what I remember of the shape was it wasn't a typical sort of silver disc. It looked, it had similar sort of characteristics but it looked kind of like a more like a closed shell seashell if you kind of catch my drift and on the the side of the seashell that would be the sort of joint side that side was facing me so it tapers off behind that it came across and on the side that was facing me there was this what i can only describe as a huge window uh some sort of viewing gallery um, I mean, it was probably about maybe eight or nine feet, ten feet across. In this window, I was staring at it, and I could see figures. There was a figure, the silhouette of a figure, standing at the window, looking in my direction. I couldn't see whether it was human or or what, but it had a head, two arms, and a body, that's all I can tell you about that. But I could see in the background there was stuff going on behind this figure. There were two uh, separate figures which were doing things in the background. It looked what I would sort of have thought maybe they were trying to, they were doing things conducive with operating this craft. And yeah, as it came over, like I said, it hovered above this. Uh, these trees on the opposite side of the road I my jaw was on the floor I was just looking at it trying to sort of get my head around what it, what it was I was seeing nothing really prepares you for that sort of uh, encounter so I decided to floor it you know common sense now I would have got out and photographed the bloody thing. But uh, yeah, it was just one of those situations I felt in peril, essentially. And I just wanted to get back to my folks' house. So I turned right. I sped off down the road. I turned round to look at this thing one last time to see what it was doing. And the last thing I saw of it, it cruised off over the top of these high, these uh block of flats low low rise block of flats and towards the field beyond it i sped home i couldn't get out of my car for probably 20 minutes because i was absolutely petrified i couldn't sleep that night when i eventually got into the house i couldn't sleep i was up all night i i was looking on the web on the web to try and find someone to report it to I actually found uh, a UK-based investigation organisation called Beams, who I reported it to. They asked me to draw pictures and stuff like that, which I did. Yeah, kind of of changed my life. The next day, I spoke to my parents. I sort of came down stairs, looking a bit worse for wear. Uh, Apparently, I was a sort of grey colour. Um, my brother had just come round, who I'd been at, at his house the night the incident happened. And um, I basically explained to them what happened. And, um, yeah, they they believed me. They know, they know I'm not 
one to sort of talk shit, essentially. So um, that was mad. Yeah, that was crazy. So that, that stayed with me for a long time. And since that time, I've seen this thing definitely another two times, but always at the same time, the same sort of time period. So it seems to be between half 12 and half one in the morning. So I don't know whether I was just on its on its rounds, so to speak, or or in the path of its rounds that it's doing. But uh, yeah, I've, I've seen the same thing, not quite as close as that, but it's definitely the same thing, uh, which I'd be more than happy to tell you about. But um, it's, a, it's one of those areas, it's, um, it's, it's a bit of a hot spot, I believe. Um, I'm certainly believing that because I've seen these things a few times now. Plus, I had the sighting when I was 16. My f- One of my best friends, he got some good footage of these orbs which hang out under the thunderclouds um, just down the road from there. There's there's a lot of stuff going on in that area, but um, yeah, so that's that's the the main story I'd have to tell, and um, you know it blew my mind, and has only sort of uh, made me more uh, interested in the subject. If I was to give my opinion as to what it was, whether it was ET or or one of ours, I don't believe uh, we've got that sort of stuff. I mean, it's not impossible, but uh, I just don't buy it. To fly it so bold as brass and so blatantly, it just doesn't make sense that it would be one of ours. Plus, we've got a, our military is pretty poor nowadays. So, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't think we'd have that sort of stuff going. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
going on and um, the fact that it just made no noise uh, no obvious means of propulsion very odd looking and uh, very dark colour almost like it was kind of dark for a reason you know kind of blended in with the sky but yeah so that's it so probably 20 years ago I was living in my hometown, which um, is a, in a fairly rural area. Uh, it's, it's you know, the town is, is getting bigger, but the area is rural. And uh, I had reconnected with my best friend from high school and was working with him. And one day we were talking about paranormal stuff around the area. And he said, hey, do you know so-and-so? Well, so-and-so was a real good friend of my dad's. Uh, we'd known the family forever. And he said, there's something happening out near his place. And I'm like, what? And he said, well, people have seen all sorts of things, heard all sorts of things. And there are these lights that nobody can explain. Well, we decided that we would head out to that area. Not too far from their place was a cemetery. And we went out and parked at the cemetery and got out. And I will be real honest. I don't remember how many times we went out there before I saw something. I know it wasn't very many. The night that I first saw something, it was one of those huge, bright, full moons. And it was... Uh, Late summer, I think. Man, it was gorgeous. Just bright. I mean, almost daylight bright. That kind of moon. Standing out in the middle of the cemetery, all of a sudden, this light, I don't know any other way to describe it than this light came on. It just clicked. There was no beginning. There was no getting stronger. There was no nothing. It was just suddenly this huge, quite pearl in the sky. Uh, it wasn't right next to the moon, but it was you know, fairly near. Near enough that it was light enough, there was no way there was anything behind it. It, it wasn't, I mean, it was perfectly still, so of course it wasn't a plane, it wasn't a uh, helicopter, it wasn't a flare, because there was nothing to it. Nothing exploded, nothing came up behind it, nothing at all. And it hung there for I think this one was just a few seconds and just went out. No fading, no breaking up, no nothing. Just clicked on, clicked off. I had never seen anything like it before in my life. And I've seen so many different things. Uh, you know, every kind of aircraft, every kind of, of satellite, every kind, you know, everything you'd imagine I've seen. This was big. You know, if you'd held a dime up to it, it was like dime size from my point of view. I couldn't tell how far away it was. I couldn't tell anything like that. But it was a light. A light not attached to anything. A light not part of anything. Just a light. In, in the times that I went back, I saw multiple. I saw uh, one or two or three. I saw three come on at once and then go off at once at the exact same time. I saw them pop on one at a time, and by the time the last one in a row gone on, the first one was going off. Not synchronized, but in that kind of, of staged effect. Never once ever did I see any place that this stuff came from. Any sort of... <laughs> there wasn't any... It was just a light that just turned on and turned off. Sometimes they were smaller, sometimes they were larger, sometimes there was one, sometimes there was five or six. Sometimes it would be minutes in between lights. Sometimes it would be seconds. 
I've even seen it where lights would come on, go off, and then it was half an hour, an hour before more came on. So after having experienced this multiple times, I was at a conference and talked to someone who was giving a talk on phenomenon around the world. One of the phenomenon that was mentioned rang a bell. So I connected with this guy and realized that we were talking about the same thing. And after that, I was invited to actually go on the property where most of the activity had been. Now, there were other things that other people saw, but the lights were the main thing that I saw. I saw little things, but the gentleman who uh, spoke that I connected with had been out there multiple times, was out there multiple times while I was out there, did a considerable amount of research, working, uh, testing, uh, everything you can imagine, and had not, the last time that I was there and saw him, had not come up with anything. Other people had apparently been out there and had not been able to come up with anything. So definitely not something that's easy to make sense of or to figure out. It would go away for months I think it's gone away for years at a time, and then it would come back, last for years and go away, last for months and go away. It, 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 there was no predicting it. All times of year, all times of night, from early dark to you know, early in the morning. I've had the privilege to see it. I can't even tell you how many times we were going out there every weekend for, for several years. I can't explain what this phenomenon meant to me or did to me. I would walk down into the field by myself and just look up and watch these lights. I felt something. I felt... I'm not saying these were aliens. Absolutely not at all. It, it didn't even seem like that, although people had experiences with craft and things of that nature in this whole area, not just this land. But this felt in my soul like an intelligence reaching out to me. It was profound. It was magical. It was, it moved me to my very core then. And the thought of it can move me to my very core now. Just a bunch of lights in the sky, but they were amazing. Perfect, round pearls of light that would appear and disappear without a sound or a movement or a shadow or a mark. Amazingly perfect signs of something that we needed to pay attention to. I just wish that I had been there for the rest of the message. <laughs> and not just the first part. It's been 20 years. I hope I see it again someday, although I'm, I'm far, far away from there now. I hope that someday I get the answer. Me and my wife were both musicians. Um, we were playing a gig that night out in the suburbs of Chicago, and we were driving to that gig. Um... It was probably around 5, 6 in the afternoon. It was still daylight out. And if you ever lived or have been to Chicago, you know that usually, no matter where you're driving, there's a, a lot of cars all around you. And we were driving along, I can't remember which highway it was, uh, maybe Highway 290. Is there 290 or 295 I, or 294? I can't remember. Anyways... It was pretty much bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic, except the traffic was flowing at about between 45, 55 miles an hour. And so it was a nice steady flow. 
and we're driving. I'm driving the car this time, and she, my wife's in the passenger seat. And I look up and ahead of in traffic, and I saw this black balloon descending out of the air. I had no idea where it came from. It was just, you know, I just looked, and it was just there. And it's descending towards traffic. And I, I kind of nudged my wife and said, hey, check out that balloon up there in front of us. I don't know why I felt the urge to tell her about it, but I just had this weird feeling about it. And she looked in the sky and goes, oh, that's just an airplane. And I go, no, 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 not the airplane, because there was an airplane in the sky. I said the balloon out in front of us, because this balloon was descending towards traffic, and she saw it, and she was like, oh, well, that's weird. And we're watching it, and it's getting close to the cars at this point. And my wife was like, getting a little concerned. She's like, oh no, it's gonna go into traffic. And I said, you know, that's not a big deal. It's just a balloon. You know, the wind from the traffic is gonna blow it back up in the air and it's gonna flip around and do its balloon stuff. Not a big deal. Don't worry about it. So, right when it's about to like hit that point when it's about to you know flip back up in the air i'd say we're you know a good three to four cars are back from this thing and we're both watching it waiting for it to go back up in the air except that's not what it did it came down and went right above a car in the far left lane and it stopped right above the roof I mean like I mean maybe a foot above the roof at the most two feet maybe I don't know but not that far from the roof and when it got there it stopped and it like locked onto the car I don't know how else to say it like it started tailing the car okay and you have to understand that all the wind and everything did not affect this thing it was like it was attached to some sort of you know rod or something that would be attached to the roof of the car that's how still and how right in line with this car it was it's just tailing it it was matching its speed remember we're going 45 between 45 55 miles an hour and it matched every movement of this car going around the turns and right then I was just like, oh man, what the, what the hell is going on? And then I watched it ascend back up in the air. But when it went back up in the air, it went straight up in the air. And it was still keeping pace with the cars underneath it. It was still going at the same speed and going straight in the air. I mean straight, no weeble wobbling or anything like that and the wind didn't affect it okay and it went to the right to the next car over and then it descended again and started tailing the next car next to it the same thing as it was doing the other car keeping pace with it not moving not budging it just stayed there and after it did that for a while it rose back up in the air straight and it kind of stopped 
tailing the car, meaning that like it stopped going 45 to 55 miles an hour. It was like it was done with it, you know, and stopped going with the speed of traffic. And at that point, when it was rising in the air, we drove right underneath it, like directly underneath it. And me and my wife both looked up in the air at it and I saw it up close it wasn't this wasn't some light in the sky thing this was in broad daylight up close it was not that that high above our car when we drove underneath it and it was a solid black ball round ball it was solid there's no wings no exhaust no propellers nothing no means of any propulsion on it it was aerodynamically impossible how does a solid round ball with none of those features even do anything let alone do and maneuver in the way that it did without any kind of turbulence or air or anything affecting its movement like it was like it was, I don't know, it, it was like outside of everything, you know, I don't know how else to say it, kind of like, you know, like you hear about maybe it was warping the space-time or gravity around it or something like that. Maybe there was some sort of bubble it was in that everything else just it didn't affect it. I don't know. But, <sighs> I don't that's all I have to say. The only other thing I can think of is if it was maybe some sort of mesh material that was so woven so tightly that it appeared like it was solid, like it was a solid black. But even then, that still wouldn't be, it wouldn't be able to do what it did. It wouldn't, that that would indicate maybe there were propellers inside of it. But like, like if it was mesh, a mesh wiring or or fabric or whatever that was so tight that it appears completely solid and I mean solid black just a solid object that it would there's no way that there's no way it could do what it did you know what I mean there's no way as we drove under it and was you know we got past it and I really want I wish I could have just kept looking at it but I had to drive you know I couldn't wreck the car and I was just sitting there thinking I I didn't see that that didn't happen I was like trying to like pretend like it didn't happen and then I looked at my wife and she started screaming and going what the hell was that and just yelling at me and that was when I was like okay I did see that I'm not making that up that just happened (laughs) and we went to the gig and we went one of my my other bandmates and good friend of ours was there and we looked at him and we go we think we just saw a ufo on our way here and he just kind of looked at us and smiled and gave a little <laughs> laugh and that was it we just didn't talk about it after that and we went on of our night played gig had a good time and then afterwards I got on the internet you know to try and I just did a, a search for, you know, s- s- circle drones or spheric- spherical drones. And I found 
a video of this, of a thing that the Japanese government made, the sort of drone that they made, where it was a circle, but it was a wire frame. Like you could see the propellers and the in the the different like little wings and things to help it move around inside. You could see the in, inner mechanics of it. It was not not the same thing as I saw. There, it wasn't solid at all. It was wide and open. It was just like, if I remember correctly. It was just like two like circle rims. It was an open thing. It wasn't solid black. And I, like I said, I could see the propellers in it. And this thing moved very, very similar to what we saw. It was the closest representation that I could see to tell, kind of show someone like what we saw. But it wasn't that drone. There was a little bit, you know, you could tell that this drone still, like, it's, it's like a helicopter or any other kind of propeller type of mechanism that has to obey the laws of physics, you know? Like, there's little bobs and weaves in the way that it moves. It can't just go straight up and over and down. Like, the thing that I saw moved, it was moving in straight lines, direct straight lines. There was no kind of, I don't know how I'll describe it. Uh, so, that was the only anything that I could find remotely close to it and like I said it wasn't it um a couple other things that happened is we we reported it to the police we we called the police and they got mad at us (laughs) we we tried to be completely honest with them but they thought we were trying to pull a prank on them and they um, scolded us a bit and they said to us Sir, there are things that we do that protect you that you don't know about and all this stuff. And I was kind of like, yeah, but not this. And, you know, that went nowhere. I even made a report to MUFON. And they, I don't know what I was expecting really to get from them. They're pretty worthless. Because I, I gave... I wrote out a report form and I got an investigator guy and I told the story just like I told you even like in the beginning I said I thought it was a black balloon at first until it moved this way then obviously it wasn't a black balloon and the only response I got back from the guy was oh it must have been a black balloon (laughs) so I pretty much wrote him back and I I don't think I was very nice I tried to be nice but I was like listen buddy you're you're worthless so just forget about it basically you know i feel bad for kind of being rude but i was just frustrated and that's pretty much it all as i know is i witnessed a technology that did operate in a way that it shouldn't have operated it's a technology that to me from my limited understanding defied the laws of of physics well let me say it defied our current understanding of physics i should say or at least there's more to the picture than we know obviously and from that point on i i had to face the fact that that there's stuff out there that we don't know about that that we call ufos they're in our sky and they can do things that our technology can't and I don't know. That's enough for me to, to you know, I, I don't know who's flying them. I don't know where it came from. 
but it's not hard to extrapolate from what I do know for a fact. Although it's not definitive that I will be correct on what I think it may or may not be, but we can I think I can safely say it's pretty exotic, whatever it is. And whoever is controlling it and made it, who is able to do those things, is also probably pretty exotic. So, you know, the world just became a really strange place. So, that's my experience with the black ball. Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. To learn more, visit entertainmentonepodcast.com. Ashley, do you know why feet and only feet keep washing up on a beach in the Pacific Northwest? You know, Christy, I can't say that I do. Well, neither do I, but I have a theory, and anyone who wants to hear it should listen to our podcast. It's called That's Weird. And we talk about all kinds of weird shit. It's not just feet. I'm so glad we don't just talk about feet. Right? That would truly be the weirdest. So, yeah, if you like weird topics, feminist rants, and the occasional F-bomb, you should listen to us. We post new episodes every other Monday. Find us online at that'sweird.org. And subscribe to That's Weird on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.